It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. And now, a word from your president. We're here with a simple message. Oh. Get vaccinated. Oh. Update your vaccine, your COVID vaccine. Stop it. It's incredibly effective, but the truth is not enough people are getting it. Stop it. Oh. We've got to change that. Oh. So we can all have a safe and healthy holiday season. Oh. That's why I'm getting my shot updated today. For Americans over five years of age, who are fully vaccinated, our nation's health experts recommend that they get the updated COVID vaccine Stop once it. a year. Once a year. In other words, it's just like the flu shot. Oh. Uh, I just want to know how much money is the government giving to cross-politic that we just going to play his videos like this? For real. If I he's going to give a special service announcement, he better have a special check. Oh, for our show. A, That's very, right. a very nice check. Hey, y'all, it's Tuesday. <laughs> Welcome to Cross-Politic. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. And we got Megan Basham on the show. And we apologize for the way Gabe made us open the show. Yeah. yeah right. You have it to, well, hey, welcome to Cross Politic. Now we're from, never mind. We, we'll talk we, about we, how when, when the president like, speaks, you listen. You better, uh, <laughs> Our friends at the Reformed Sage would like to introduce you and yours to Reformanda Studios. I hope I said that right. If you're looking for a better way to pass on the faith to your kids and help them memorize the catechisms, yes. then look no further. Reformanda Studios is here with a fresh new way to catechize your children. A subscription with Reformanda Studios features animated videos that will be easy for your kids to follow along with, and a subscription includes free study guides that can be used for each video. See all the Reformanda Studios animated content at ReformandaStudios.com. Cool. What's that? ReformandaStudios.com? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, well, I'm going to check yeah. that out. R-E-F-O-R-M-A-N-D-A. I'm going to have to check yeah. that Refer- out. I would like say that. Reformanda, but Reform- I mean, that's just because I'm, I'm from mm, Texas. Reformanda? And, and, you know, we, we got some Mexican Texas language going on there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm glad. No. You don't. You don't. I don't right. know what you're saying at all. My hey, we're grateful to have with us today Mrs. Megan Basham. She's a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic. No way. That's what it says on. I am. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and a culture reporter for the Daily Wire who hasn't canceled us and a no. frequent contributor to Morning Wire. She has written for the Wall Street Journal, National Review, and Town Hall. Her book, Beside Every Successful Man, was published by Random House. Okay. Megan, thank you for joining us on Cross Politic. 
Thanks for having me. It feels like it's been like what two weeks since I've seen you guys. I know. Man. You still have a job at Daily Wire. That's I do. <laughs> so far. And, and you still came you, you came back. I mean I did. Yeah. Well, you recently wrote an article for the Daily Wire titled How Church Leaders Aligned with Fauci to Discredit Experts Opposed to COVID Mandates. Um, what can you please I mean, we we really appreciated the article. It made our hearts hurt but yeah really um, what what did you discover that led you to write this article well you know the the first time i was on cross politic which was you know way back in february it was kind of my first big piece after moving to the daily wire that was on church matters was about francis collins um and so i wrote this big piece about how various evangelical leaders platformed Collins, echoed the narrative that he was putting forward Mm -hmm. uh, regarding COVID policy, shutting down churches, wearing masks, getting vaccinated, all that. And, um, you know, it was funny because somehow when I was doing that story, I missed this little statement that his organization, BioLogos, put out. Um, And so just last week, a a bunch of people, it was actually Twitter. I didn't do it. Twitter found this. um, (laughs) And I just, you know, as a a frequent Twitter user, some might say too frequent, (laughs) I I happened to see it and did a little digging and, you know, looked at this statement. So if you're not familiar with BioLogos, it is an organization founded in 2007 uh, by Francis Collins, who is the now recently, um, recently former. So he just recently left his uh, position at the National Institutes of Health, mm-hmm. so top medical officer mm-hmm. in the country. But he's still, I believe he is still uh, one of Biden's top science advisors. So he is, really? you know, he's still hanging around DC. And um, so he founded this organization in 2007. And the idea was ostensibly to build bridges between Christians and the science community. His argument was that there is sort of a um, this uh, distrust between Christians and scientists, and they don't like each other. And so it was supposed to be this bridge building organization, but some of the things they, they seem to make a lot more concessions to the scientists than right. they do to the Christians. Right, and right. some of what you see there is, yeah, they, they're they building bridges. Come really on, odd things. <laughs> What's that? They're building bridges. Come on. All right. I know. Well, one of the ways you apparently have to build bridges is you cannot believe in like a literal atom. Right. So, um, yeah. So Biologos has done some things about it. Adam was evolved from some sort of pre hominids and so some, some things like that. But for the wow. purpose of this, um, at the time in October, 2020, Biologos put out this statement called love your neighbor, get the shot. And this pledge uh, included information about um, Anthony Fauci. It said, you know, he is trustworthy, top scientist in our government. We should trust Anthony Fauci. And not only that, they promised to help advance consensus science. And you saw that word turn up a lot in this document. We're going to advance consensus science and we're going to promise to help suppress uh, misinformation coming from non-consensus sources. So, you know, the background on this is that at that time, there were some other scientists who were really, um, really credentialed from Harvard, Oxford, uh, I believe it may have been Yale there, uh, excuse me, Stanford. It Stanford, was Stanford. Yeah. It was another Ivy, but so yeah. essentially 
they put out a document called the Great Barrington Declaration yep. that argued that shutdowns are a mistake, hmm. that this is really damaging to society and it would make a lot more sense to target our care and target um, all of these uh, sort of restrictions that we're putting onto society. Instead, we should really limit it to the most vulnerable. And right. we should say, let's really focus on protecting those who are at risk from COVID because we believe that the danger of COVID is being inflated. So um, this document essentially was asking people, it didn't name them, but it came out right around the time that these great Barrington do doctors were making a lot of hay in the media. They wow. were giving interviews, mm -hmm. trying to stop what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, and if you'll remember, there was an email leak around that time where Francis Collins asked Anthony Fauci to make sure that there was a swift and devastating takedown yep. of these Barrington doctors. Mm -hmm. wow. So in the background, you have Francis Collins' organization putting out this statement and um, it's fairly egregious to me to now look back at it as sort of a, a, a historical document now of yeah. the pandemic. And people like N.T. Wright signed it. Philip Yancey signed it. Uh, various heads of did seminaries signed it. Russell Moore did not sign it because that was one of the names I went and looked for right interesting. away. Interesting. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer did. Yeah. Um, yeah, but well, it was he, interesting he created to me some tales. of the names that weren't I mean, there. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> he created VeggieTales, you know? What do you expect? Come on. <laughs> so there's the encapsulation okay. of what this was. You know, you know, Megan, what in the world? Why? Um, okay, so you just kind of said a few things that I have to process. Collins mm -hmm. is telling Fauci what to do? Yeah, I mean, he was, he was Anthony Fauci's boss. So... Uh, the NIH. He was the director of one particular division of the NIH, whereas Francis Collins was the head of the entire NIH. Right. So that's who Anthony Fauci answered to was Francis Collins. Ah, uh, I did not. Okay, I'm I'm kind of mm -hmm. putting this is this. You, you is, would think Fauci was the boss, but yeah. it's actually Collins. So, uh, so right. just to make this, so very, that's how evangelicals do it. You so, know, so, they they submit to the lower well, pagans. Is, well, <laughs> well, to make to make more sense of this in my head, I'm hearing now we actually had an evangelical Christian who knows the Bible, knows the word of God, who's actually in a position of power and authority yeah. who could say we only should be yeah. um, quarantining those people who are sick because he's read Leviticus. Right. Right. So, we oh, no, no, that's where you're wrong. Evangelicals don't read Leviticus. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. You forgot about where, that part. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, they, so they, what, they watch Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Megan, what was it about this that, um, made evangelical pastors want to sign on to this um, document. Well, I know, mean, look, if you'll remember, that was kind of the institutional take, right? It was the respectable position to right. sort of. If you don't do this, then you're not loving your neighbor. So that's really what we saw. Um, so I, I would say, you know, institutionally, evangelical wide, you might say, everybody was sort of taking that position. And that was kind of my original reporting. You know, some of the people like Tim Keller, Rick Warren, Ed Stetzer, Russell Moore. But it was interesting to me how few of those guys signed this document. So I feel like there were a few of them who were wise enough to look at it and go, it's a bridge too far to put our name to this. So some of them did, <laughs> N.T. Wright did, um, a few others, but it was interesting how many 
platformed Francis Collins to say these things, but only a few of them signed this document. And so what? I, I don't, mean, and don't don't miss that uh, what Megan said about this respectable, right? And the church yeah. signing off to this because that was the respectable position to have. And signing off to do what exactly though? Well, so in the document, what they, I mean, all of them during that time were sort of towing that line. They were right. towing the official narrative. But in this document, what they specifically promised to do is um, get vaccinated because it <laughs> says in the document that this vaccine is a gift from God. Uh, they promise to prioritize wow. consensus science coming from people like Anthony Fauci over non-consensus science. They promise to help suppress misinformation coming from non-consensus sources, which as we all know, that's how science is done by taking yeah. a vote and figuring out what the consensus is. And did they also promise it to wear a mask too? What? Yes, they did promise to wear a mask. Yeah. Yes. And all of these things, again, were sort of encompassed in that rubric of this is what loving your neighbor is. And Megan, in your article, there's a number of places where you actually have lines that might be easy to miss, but where like certain things have been disproven now, like completely right. um, shown to be false. I mean, that the, they they knew actually from jump that um, that the vaccine was not going to um, stop, uh, stop transmission, limit, limit transmission. Um, they, yeah. they sort of cover that up. Um, uh, you know, we, we had no idea whether, you know, uh, lockdowns were going to work. We had no and and have actually now been proven to cause millions of actual deaths, um, you, you and know, collateral damage and, and, yeah, and the, affecting the poor the most yeah, and all the, that stuff. The yeah. Poor being crushed the most. Uh -huh. Um, how, how many, um, signers or supporters of this document are you aware of have asked to have their names taken off of it or apologized for their, their position on it? None that I'm aware of. And, you know, that's been a really interesting part of this whole conversation because in the last few weeks, I would say, we're starting to see on social media from some of these institutional figures, um, people who were at uh, ERLC, people who were, you know, in some of these SBC, uh, Southern Baptist Convention, I right. assume everyone here knows, but just in case, yeah. Yeah. Uh, seminary positions saying, listen, we need to have grace for um, the, the confusion, the fog of war. We need to realize that, you know, people were just doing the best they could. Um, and it's interesting to me that it's the people who are pushing that narrative who are now saying we need to have grace, but they're not saying, Hey, we got it wrong. Right. So that's the same part. They're not saying, look, we screwed up. We learned a lesson here. We shouldn't right. have, you know, just sort of bent the knee to Caesar the second he asked. Right. That's not what they're doing. They're saying without discussing what actually happened and acknowledging where we got off course, let's just all give you give each other grace and pretend that this never happened. Wow, Megan, what should they have done? I mean, I, I was thinking about this when I was reading your article. Um, this is a moment where these are guys who we expect to be keepers of the scripture, right? Are they supposed to know the word of God? They're supposed to understand the word of God. They're supposed to apply the word of God. My goodness, they have books called Purpose Driven Life, so they know what purpose is and they know how to how it should drive your life. I mean. We have guys who are trained to study the word of God, listen for cases and make decisions here on one side and the other. How should they have acted, though? What do you expect from these guys when this comes to them like this? You know, and that, I thought about that a lot myself. And one of the things I thought about is I don't understand why there was this compulsion to take a position on things that were, from a moral standpoint, 
very unclear. Right. Like you couldn't point to the Bible and say, okay, we know for sure that we should get this vaccine. I think that was very much a liberty issue. Right. And so I don't understand why pastors didn't say, you know what, here's here's what I think, but it's very possible I'm wrong here, or maybe just not talk about it at all. I think that would have been a fine position to say, look, we don't know. This is an unfolding situation. So I am going to encourage everyone to pray about it. Use your best judgment to follow your conscience. If you feel very strongly in one way or another, how you should handle this, don't violate your conscience. That's not what they did. They put this sort of legalistic burden on everyone. And, you know, as far as churches, I go for a couple of weeks, I will give people grace for that. I mean, it was, it was confusing. Certainly the information that was initially coming out was this was going to be insanely deadly and threatening to, you know, millions and millions of people. And so I understand that some churches closed for a little bit of time, but I think, you know, after the first few weeks, a month, it was very clear that that danger was being um, exaggerated. And at that point I go, I think churches should have been open. You remember, remember when news outlets were covering like, Hey, your, you know, your Bambi got the virus, you know, the, the local, the deer that got the virus. No. You guys don't remember that? No, the, no. The media covered at one point, Hey, we found, um, a, a, a COVID in a deer one time. And it was just, you know, one time the media covered a dog had gotten COVID. I mean, just anyways, they were desperate. Uh, they were so desperate, but it, you know, related to that question, um, why do you think they wanted to suppress dissenting views like Dr. J? I mean, I mean, we found Why? him right at the beginning of all of this. We, we, he was, we were the first ones to get – Dr. J told me this actually a couple a couple months ago. We were the first ones to get Dr. J on the show when he started speaking out. Um, yeah, I we, don't think I knew he was on the show. Yeah. I'm going to go back oh, yeah. and find that we, now after We've this. had him on multiple times. Well, yeah. we had Dr. Ryan Cole on. Yeah. We Dr. had J. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis uh, Rancourt, Rancourt, one of the first guys we found, and also yeah. uh, Dr. J. We were – because so, there so, wasn't anybody else out there that was no. – Megan, when we started, yeah. we were the only ones that decided not to really go along. We just said had some theological principles that said – Listen, this is ours, and we can make decisions about what we decide to do right. with our family. We control our health care. We control our businesses. Yeah. We control whether or not you know we're going to get um, we're going to wear a mask, and they don't work. <laughs> we yeah. figured that out real right. quick from out, the like, beginning that masks weeks, didn't yeah. work. It wasn't yeah. hard, and so we had to find voices out there that agree with us because we were like in the desert. There was nobody yeah. <laughs> around, and so we found Dr. J was one of the first people that we found. Yeah. So, you know, I guess going back to Gabe's piggybacking on his questions, why why was it so important to take out Jay? Well, you know, I mean, essentially because he was questioning the narrative. And I mean, you saw multiple emails where that was what was happening between the conversations between Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins was we have to find a way to suppress anybody who's sort of not getting in line with the message that we're putting out. And we didn't just see it with Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, you guys know him really well, so you call him Dr. Jay. He was he was Dr. Bhattacharya to me when yeah. I was interviewing him. But well, it's because you're a Baptist um, and he's a Presbyterian, so we 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 call him right, Dr. That's, Jay. That's I mean, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> so, but, but yeah. he, um, you know, when I looked at what he said, he goes, "Look, I wasn't the only one." It, you know, he, they, they did right. this to me and the other great Barrington right. physicians. But they also did this to any scientists who questioned the Wuhan lab leak, if you remember. That's right. I mean, Francis Collins was all over, you know, Christian media, Christianity Today, um, doing podcasts with Ed Stetzer saying, if you question that, that's uh, that's sinning. He called it sin that you are indulging in conspiracy theories and Christians shouldn't push conspiracy theories. And 
The conspiracy theory in those cases that they were referring to was whether or not the virus leaked from the Wuhan lab, which we now know that that's not only, you know, not a conspiracy theory, it's probably what happens. Right. Right. It is, I was talking to the guys right before we got on with you about Francis Collins, as you know, like kind of a poster boy for like a, uh, kind of kind of a modern day C.S. Lewis, I think, of sorts, where people think of him as kind of this academic who came to Christ, um, had a you know conversion experience and then is sort of this poster boy for uh, like an, an elite evangelical. And and yet there, there's. Part of me that just I, I like I'm and I you know we can't judge hearts but like I'm looking at the fruit and Jesus you know says you you know them by their fruit and I'm thinking even of somebody like C.S. Lewis I mean he the guy I mean I love him amazing guy um, said some wacky things at points watch it I'm yeah. I'm sorry you're treading on thin ice <laughs> hey his his meditations on the Psalms are horrible um, <laughs> but but God bless him and he knows yeah. better now but like. But I'm looking at Lewis and I'm thinking, despite some of the ways in which I could see his old academic, you know, atheism material, you know, maybe sometimes kind of leak in or bleed whatever, through, yeah. uh-huh. like the overarching trajectory of his life is seeing things more and more clearly, such to the point, you know, that he's he's writing things like your favorite novel. Come Chronicles on. of Narnia? Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> that hideous strength. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that's, hideous that's strength, too. Which, which basically prophesied everything that has happened in the last, you know, 60 years. Yeah. Um, and just seeing more and more clearly the difference between darkness and light and good and evil. And I'm looking at the, the fruit coming from Francis Collins, and I'm thinking, okay. Biologos. Biologos you know. <laughs> is, is trying to get Christians basically to deny a historical Adam and, and deny believing the beginning of their Bibles. Um, it, it's one of the highest, you know, most prominent purveyors of theistic evolution, and it's even seeped in into some classical Christian school curriculums. Um, he, he is involved with um, with Fauci on this, you know, gain of function business. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also been involved. I understand that maybe you know more about this. The NIH is, has been traced to some of the experimentation on aborted um, fetal tissues. Um, and now this suppressing the truth, like all of this looks, I mean, I don't, I'm just like, this looks like we should call a council together. I mean, (laughs) I mean, this, this guy is, I mean, he's behind a lot of terrible stuff that's happened. And well, and that was part of what originally when I started covering this was this push to present him. The reason we were told in all of these Christian media outlets that we should listen to him was because he's a Christian brother. And that is why right. you want to listen to him. He's pro-life like you. He loves Jesus like you. Right. So that's a good reason to listen to him. And then when you looked at, I, I mean, for even Biologos, when you looked into his record um, at the NIH, it was really hard to go, this is a man who loves Jesus. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, he didn't, I, and I, I, I heard some arguments from people going, look, it's a huge bureaucracy. He's not going to agree with everything it does. And I could understand that to rent. Sure. Um, but he personally gave interviews where he lamented the Trump administration pulling funding on stem cell research I, uh, taken from fertilized eggs. So you go, okay, that's not pro-life. Like I'm pro-life. So right. that was one. Yeah. Yep. And then two, he, he created this, this happened under his department. This was his baby. He launched new research into, um, transgender research for children, giving them opposite Opposite sex hormones, um, mastectomy what? for girls. He wow. he launched that initiative. So that happened 
you know, under his department, under his initiative. And when he did that, there was a report issued where he very boldly said, I am an LGBT ally. <laughs> so I yeah. look at that and I go, it is really hard for me. I, right. Like you said, I, I'm not going to judge his fruit. Oh, I'm not going to judge his heart, but I do look at his fruit and yeah. I go, right. Look, it is really hard for me to understand. And, and that that particular issue is always a really clear delineating right. marker to me where someone is. Right. Because yeah. uh-huh. I'm like, if you fold on that issue, then you are fold. very worldly. Mm. Right. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, he's fully, I mean, that's I mean, all this put this all together. Trans. I mean, we've been talking about eugenics, modern yeah. eugenics. Yep. We brought yep. this up with Dennis Prager the other day when we had him on the show. Um, and this is, I mean, that's what we're talking about yeah. here. I mean, gain of function research, uh-huh. um, trans stuff. Experimenting on fetal um, cells. I mean, and and then um, and then I mean, again, you think about. I mean, Darwin's behind a lot of this, right? I mean, I right. I think I mean this is why we're doing. He's behind Francis Collins and his view of right of creation exactly. But that's yeah. why that's why we're doing the politics of six day creation at, at the Ark Encounter next, next year, year for the yep. Fight Laugh Feast that's conference. Right. That's right. Because um, I we want to impress upon people just how significant it is. Yeah, believing God about creation. The Genesis account and so forth. This this goes all the way down, and your ability to see clearly yeah. is is massively affected. I know I'm supposed to read yeah, an ad. Ahead. I'm supposed to read an ad. You yeah, keep yeah, pointing. I, at me. Keep, I know what yeah. you're pointing at me okay. about. I'm know. supposed to read an ad. You got okay. pastor moment. Okay, I was preaching. Boniface Woodworking exists for those who enjoy shopping with integrity, who want to buy handmade wooden furniture, gifts, and heirloom items that will last for generations. So good. Post mill woodworking, right? That's right. From dining tables and church pulpits to cigar humidors and e- where's our cigar humidor? It's coming. It's coming. Is it still coming? Yeah. And everything in between. Quality pieces that you can give your children's children, tie them to their roots and transcend the basic function of whatever they are. So start voting with your dollars and stop buying cheap crap from people who hate you. I just read the ads, people. I just read the ads. <laughs> Visit BonifaceWoodworking.com to see our gallery, learn the story and submit your orders for heirloom quality wood items. Boniface Woodworking. Chopping down idols since it was yeah. uncool or whatever. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, no, Megan, I wanted the uh, last question. Uh, no, I, I, Megan, okay, as you've ahead. covered this issue over the last year, um, have you reached out to, you know, Collins or Rick Warren or some of these figures to interview them to get their side of, of oh, their I've story? I've reached out to everybody. <laughs> and they, everybody. And they all want to talk to you. Nobody wants to talk to me. Um, in fact, I, I can't remember if... I don't think this was in my story, but yeah, I originally had an interview scheduled. It was funny because it was providential. I think literally about three days after my initial report came out on Collins and these Christian leaders, I, um, I was scheduled to have an interview with Francis Collins on a separate matter. It was on BioLogo, some school curriculum that they were putting out. Yeah. So they were going to encourage schools to use, I think it was some science curriculum, um, and I, I think they were going to provide it to homeschoolers and things like that. So competing with Moscow a little bit there on the homeschool curriculum. Right. And yeah. So um, I was supposed to have an interview with him about that. And um, I was super excited because I was like, okay, I've got 30 minutes one-on-one with Francis Collins. Let's go. But I mean, I did craft my questions so that they would be related to this topic, but still get at some stuff I wanted to ask. And um, I showed up for my appointment and, you know, the marketing company that sets it up, I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, he's not here. What's going on? You know, and so I, I text him and they're like, oh no, he's just running late. He'll, you know, he'll be there in just a few minutes and sat there a few more minutes. And I'm like, okay, everything good. They're like, just one more moment, please. And then all of a sudden the screen blanked out. I was in the waiting room, you know, the zoom waiting room and the screen blanked out. And it said, this 
inter- this, this has been canceled. This session has been canceled or whatever the little notification is. And at this point, it's like 15 minutes past the interview time. And a long time goes by and I don't hear from Francis Collins's team to find out what happened. And then finally, maybe an hour, hour and a half later, I get a message from the marketing company saying that they decided to cancel the interview because it was decided that I do not embody the gracious tone that BioLogos is seeking to advance <laughs> in the culture or something to that effect. I just remember the gracious tone part really clearly. <laughs> I can feel that. Oh. I was wondering what it was that was bothering me about yeah. the conversation this whole time. Megan is not winsome. It, it's the gracious <laughs> that tone. That is it. That is yeah. it. She's not I winsome. Didn't, I didn't All know this time. That's, All why, this time. that's why we like her so much. Yeah. Megan, I think everybody yeah. needs to follow you on Twitter and read everything that you write. You are knocking it out of the park. Where can people do that at? Oh, thanks, guys. Um, I'm at Daily Wire, obviously. You can read me at dailywire.com. If you don't get our news podcast, which is just 15 minutes, um, straight shooting news. Sometimes I say straight news and people think as opposed to gay news. That's I not do. what I mean. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's not again like other uh, Daily Wire podcasts. It's just news. Um, so I'm there, you know, usually four or five days a week. And um, yeah, follow me on Twitter. That's kind of where I hang out on social media Meg- at Meg Basham. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can, can you hang around just for a little bit? I got one question I want to ask you afterwards yeah, if you don't absolutely. mind. All right. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Crosspolitan. You got to run, don't you, Pastor? I do. I, I got I to go, Meg. What separates New St. Andrew's classical Christian studies program from some other programs? Most importantly, Uh, We're not an education degree. So at New St. Andrews, you're not going to see seminars in the mechanics of instructional delivery. Um, At the same time, we're not a specialist degree either, where if we're going to pursue, say, a degree in English literature or history, Uh, you do receive a pretty wide dosage of the Western liberal arts, unlike most graduate-level degrees. Um, I call our courses advanced introductions. They're introductory in the sense that our students might be being exposed to this material for the first time. It may be the first time that you've read Anselm or Augustine, but you're not going to be exposed to this Anselm or Augustine like an 18-year-old undergraduate. Uh, you're going to understand and realize that Augustine has been read for over a thousand years. There's been over a thousand years of reflection, and you're going to learn how to join in a scholarly conversation surrounding texts and works that have been conversed about, discussed, and read for a long, long time. That's really graduate-level approach then. So it's introductory and then it's first time exposure, but a deep dive nonetheless. Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. 
Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy.